You're listening to the Adult Explore the Bible Weekly Leader Training Podcast. This podcast is designed to help teachers prepare to lead a Bible study group using LifeWay's Explore the Bible adult resources. Each week, we review the Bible passage for that week's study, examine some questions teachers may face, and give some teaching tips along the way. I'm Dwayne McCreary, your host, and I'm also the leader for Adult Explore the Bible. Today, I'm being joined by Drew Dixon, who leads the student Explore the Bible team. And Drew, we're going to be looking at session eight. We'll be looking at Luke 22, 7 through 22. Drew, thanks for being with us today. Yeah, always enjoy chatting with you and talking about the Bible. We're in, like I said, we're in Luke chapter 22. Uh, The focus of this is the Lord's Supper. The main idea here is that Jesus' costly sacrifice should be remembered by believers. And like I said, we're looking at at verses 7 through 20, and we've got them outlined with these three points. First of all, verses 7 through 13, we've identified as prepared. In these verses, uh, we find Jesus directing Peter and John to prepare a Passover meal for the disciples. Uh, He told them that they were to approach a man carrying a water jug who would show them a large room in his house where they could prepare the meal. They found the man, he led them to the house, and they prepared the meal. The key point in this section is prepared, and the main idea is that believers must obediently prepare when remembering Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. In verses 14 through 18, we find Jesus and his disciples participating and enjoying the Passover meal. Jesus declared to them his desire to eat this meal with them before he suffered. He explained that he would not eat this meal again until after his kingdom had come. We've entitled this section, Looking Forward. And the main idea here is that believers can look forward to joining Jesus for a great banquet in his kingdom. In verses 19 and 20, Jesus presented bread to the disciples, proclaiming it to represent his body. And he called on them to share the bread as a way of remembering his sacrifice. He also presents them with a cup and proclaims it to represent the new covenant that's established by his death. So we've entitled this section, verses 19 through 20, as looking back with the main idea, believers are to remember the sacrificial death of Jesus when observing the Lord's Supper. So those three points were number one, prepared, verses seven through 13, looking forward in 14 through 18, and looking back in 19 through 20. Uh, Drew, before we talk about some of the questions we anticipate, one thing I want to point out to our listeners is that on the inside back cover of the Daily Discipleship Guide and the Personal Study Guide, and also in their Leader Guide, you find a map that's entitled Jerusalem and Jesus Day. It's also in the Leader Pack. It's Pack Item 1. And it's just a map of of Jerusalem in the time of Jesus' life. And in the bottom left-hand corner, inside the walls, you're going to see a place that identifies the traditional location of where this uh, meal took place. Uh, What's interesting to me is if you look at it on the map, they're not that far from the home of Caiaphas, the high priest. So here they are, two or three blocks away, observing the Passover meal. We're not too far in the future. Jesus is going to be led uh, and asked to defend Mm -hmm. himself as the lamb of the Passover meals. We see the disciples preparing the meal in verses 17 through 13. What is the importance of us preparing ourselves when we get ready to observe the Lord's Supper? Paul talked about being careful not to participate in the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner. So it seems that there is a way to to take part in this meal in a way that would not bring glory to God and that would not 
get the benefit out of it that it deserves. I mean, this is something Jesus commanded us to do um, regularly, I believe. And since that's the case, I think we ought to step into this meal um, with reverence. We ought to step into this meal prayerfully. I think it also tells us that we need to be thinking about Jesus's death constantly. <laughs> like, like we need the reminder of who he is, what he did, what he accomplished on the cross. Like it's, it's sort of a, a morbid thing to think about when you realize like Jesus is telling his disciples to celebrate his own death. Um, in this moment, like, yeah. um, I would, I would imagine from that point on the people who were in that room, anytime they saw, a food item that reminded them mm. of that food. That, that's all that could dominate their thoughts at that point. Yeah. And it may not have been when they were actually observing a meal. It could have been, they could have been in a marketplace somewhere and saw a cup that looked like the cup that they took yep. that they used that night. And boom, there they are. It's on their mind. So, yep. so what this meal symbolizes is absolutely essential, essential, uh, central to our faith. Um, it's Jesus's death, burial and resurrection is, is the foundation of, of, of Christian hope. And so that being the case, like, you know, I, I hesitate to like give a X, Y, and Z steps that you should take as you're trying to prepare the Lord's Supper. Like here are the three things you have to do because I don't necessarily think the scripture gives us that, but I do think we should be um, prayerful and reverent. And it doesn't mean that you can't like, that you have to be silent or, or like at church, all churches do this differently. Right. Um, but but I do think we need to enter into it with a real desire to, 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 to meet with Jesus and to think about the, um, the implications of why his death is good news. You know, you mentioned different churches do it different ways. Sometimes this same church can do it multiple different ways at different times. Mm -hmm. Let's think about some of the ways people understand the Lord's Supper, how they interpret it, what it means to them. And how we should view that. Yeah, I mean, of course, there's um, sort of the Catholic view is that this, these elements are the body and blood of Jesus in the moment that we're taking them, um, not after or before. So you wouldn't, you wouldn't be in trouble for eating some bread after the Lord's Supper <laughs> under that view. But um, I think the, the more common view today amongst like evangelicals and Baptists in particular is that these elements symbolize the body and blood of Jesus and that we, you know, we're not actually eating the flesh and blood of Christ. I think sometimes though we can take that view and then divorce some of the meaning of the meal from it when we're just like, Oh, that's not really the, body and blood of Jesus. And that's true. Like, I believe that. I don't think that the cup and the bread are actually, I mean, the, yeah, the bread and the cup are actually Jesus. But what I do think is that those, what they symbolize is so profound, so meaningful that we need to be careful about like being flippant about it, I guess, um, in our, in our desire to defend our view of the Lord's Supper. But, um, I mean, church history is like rife with really, um, divisive and even bloody conflicts over different views of the Lord's Supper. So, so people like believe this really, I mean, have really strong views about this, but, um, but I think we need to always remember the, the ultimate purpose of it. Right. And that's to remember and celebrate what Jesus accomplished for us, which is he died for our sins. Um, and he rose to conquer sin in the grave um, so that we might, might have eternal life. So we might have hope. Um, that's a radical 
truth. Those are radical truths that should change our lives and change our perspective, change our attitude, um, change our priorities, right? Um, and so the purpose of the meal, I think, is to, to take time to think about how good it is, how, how, it, how Jesus' death is good news, you know? So it's an opportunity, it opens the door, I guess would be a better way to say it. So it opens the door for us to reflect on and remember Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. Uh, uh, the older I get, the easier it is for me to, remember, to forget stuff when I was younger. And the further I get away from my salvation experience, uh, the more I need things like the Lord's Supper, where I can be reminded of the price paid for my sin and be reminded of the, the ugliness of my sin. That's not to say I'm perfect now by any stretch of the imagination. But it seems to me that for me, the further yeah. I get away from my salvation experience, the less I remember how ugly and nasty Hmm. And how desperate I was prior to my salvation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and the Lord's Supper for me helps me be reminded of what that's like. And it's hmm. important for me to be reminded of that. If I forget that, then I'm not sympathetic towards people who are, who are lost, who are in that same boat. And I may uh, not be near uh, uh, as aggressive or, or feel the urgency to share the gospel like I should if I forget what being lost is like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, that's great. To me, the Lord's Supper is a way to remind me of what it's like to be lost mm -hmm. and the bat, uh, the cost it was involved. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a humbling. It's it's a meal that should humble us, and 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 move us to cry out to Jesus. You said, you know, you asked the question, "What are some of the ways people understand the Lord's Supper?" And I think another important discussion that a lot of churches are having nowadays is like, who is this meal for? Who should mm -hmm. take it? Yeah, um, you know, and there's some churches that have like basically an open table like anybody can come and take the lord's supper and then there's a lot of churches of course that have um, more of it sounds mean but it's not mean more of a closed table where we say this is a meal for believers for me personally i think you read first corinthians 11 and it's hard to it's hard to square what paul says about the lord's supper in first corinthians 11 as anything other than a meal for believers so yeah. I do think we have we have reason to to say to our children who have not made professions of faith yet, or to even visitors who are visiting our church, like, hey, this is a meal for people who have trusted Jesus as Lord and Savior. It's not mean as long as we're up front and clear about it. That's not mean to withhold someone from the table. Um, we want you to celebrate this in the right way, because I mean, Paul said, if you don't celebrate it the way he's calling us to, that we eat and drink judgment upon ourselves. And so I don't want anyone to do that. I know you don't either. And so, no, no. Um, you know, I think that's an important, uh, important discussion or important uh, point about the Lord's Supper to mention is that yeah, I do you, think it's, uh, yeah, I do think it's intended for, for followers of Jesus. It gives us opportunity to have that conversation mm -hmm. um, with people who, like you said, our kids, um, well, dad, why can't I take this? Well, yeah, exactly. We can have that conversation with them. Mm -hmm. We don't want it to be the reason they accept Christ. Well, dad, I, I, I'll, I'll say that. Yeah. I'll, I'll yep. do that right now because I, I want a piece of that bread or that whatever it is. Uh, but, but actually I had a, 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 I planted a church, um, several years ago and the pastor that I planted the church with when he would lead the Lord's supper, he basically kind of gave an invitation during the Lord's Supper, yeah. which I thought was really cool. He, he would always, almost every time we took Lord's Supper, he would say something, something to the effect of like, you can, you know, feast on Jesus now. You can unite with him now 
believe him now. And you, if you want to believe right now, like you want to trust Jesus as Lord and Savior right now, you can come and celebrate uh, this meal with us right now. And I always thought that was kind of cool. Um, I always appreciated that approach to it. And it, it, uh, the evangelistic nature, the mm-hmm. opportunity there, not, not ignoring the fact that there are going to be people uh, in that service who are not believers. Yep, um, for sure. I know that a church I've served, uh, one of the practices there where they would share about the Lord's Supper, and then they would have the invitation, and those who accepted Christ at the invitation were then allowed to participate in the Lord's Supper, but those who wanted to go ahead and be dismissed at that at that point, the church would, you know, hey, we're not going to think, we're going to stand up, we're going to stretch your legs. If you want to go ahead and dismiss yourself, go ahead and dismiss yourself hmm. um, so that you won't be singled out, and we're going to sit back down. And then we will take our, the Lord's Supper. So they did that in, in that context as a way to kind of minimize that. Uh, I'm seen, I've seen it done in all kinds of ways. One of my favorite ways I've ever participated in where our fathers, are, we had it in like in a fellowship hall type thing. Our dads were, uh, uh, were called upon to go up to the front. The, the bread was presented to them and then they served their families. That was so meaningful to me. Mm. Uh, I've done it as uh, on the the receiving side and as the dad who's done it as well. And uh, that, that was a meaningful experience to me. Uh, That brings up this one issue you brought up when we do it, you know, uh, regularly doing it. This is the other debate people get. How often should we do this? Some people Mm -hmm. do it weekly, monthly, quarterly, whenever it falls, whenever they decide to, I mean, there's all kinds of patterns. I don't know that we can settle on one. Uh, I don't know that anyone's right or wrong at that point. Yeah. How would we, how would we deal with that issue? That question? Yeah. I mean, this is certainly one where like I have my own personal convictions about what I think churches should do. Yeah. (laughs) But I also, I also agree with what you said earlier that I don't think we can like look, dig into the Bible and find an exact formula for what is appropriate. I think the key is regularly. I think we can make a clear biblical case that we should be doing this regularly. We should be doing it often. Um, you know, so like my personal conviction is, is I wish we did it every week, but that's, but, but again, I wouldn't ever say to a pastor or a church leader or anyone listening to this podcast, like you're in sin or something, if you're not doing it every week um, or your church is in sin or something, because like, cause you can't make that biblical case. Right. But yeah. What is really important is that we do take this meal. I mean, I think you see in Acts 2 that this is one of the things the early church was devoting themselves to. They were devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer, right? And so it was a big deal in the early church. And I think it should be, like, we don't have to do it every week necessarily. I'm not, but it should be a big deal in our church. It should be something that, like, we're excited about. And we we do in a way that... Um, you know, the church has a regular rhythm of celebrating what Jesus did for us. And, and I think the point there is that, that no matter how often it is, when we do it, we ought to do it with dignity. We mm-hmm. ought to do it yes. properly. We ought to do it with reflection. We ought not take it as a, eh, we're going to do that again, you know, that kind of thing. You know, yep. something we look mm-hmm. forward to 
as believers. And uh, our responsibility is to put ourselves in that position to where it is that type of experience for us. Yeah. Uh, one thing I would remind our listeners to, and I, I would just surface this, a lot of times I, I, I've been in, in working in the extended care, you know, working in preschool area during worship when they had uh, Lord's Supper. And the church has made an, uh, an effort to make sure that me and the other folks who have decided to work that Sunday so that little ones can be taken care of, that they provide a means for us to have Lord's Supper mm. as well. I think that shows the value of it when you make sure everybody who's a believer in the building, yeah. no matter even if they're working the parking lot, mm-hmm. there's some, some way, the security guy, whatever it is, yeah. if they're a believer, there's some way they can participate in it. To me, that demonstrates the spirit of what we're talking mm. about here. Yep. Is that whenever you do it, you need to make sure that every believer has the opportunity to do it. And if that means that you aren't sitting in that room with everybody else and you're delivering it to folks who are serving, to me, that adds more value to me yep. mm-hmm. to make sure everybody has that opportunity than it does to sit in that room and participate yeah. with everybody else. I know a lot of churches will even deliver it to folks who are shut in and can't attend. You know, we have folks in our ministries who are sick or or just can't travel. And obviously, that's been a big thing. This was a big thing during the course of coronavirus. But, um, but that's a great way, like starting a ministry in your church to make sure uh, the shut-ins in your church, that they can take the Lord's Supper is a great way to make sure you're not neglecting, um, you know, those folks in your midst that need because taking the Lord's Supper to them is also an opportunity to check in on them, make sure they feel cared for and that they're supported and that they're doing okay spiritually, you know? Yeah. And it's a way to demonstrate that, that they are a part of the church. Mm, yes. Uh, you're a valuable part of the church enough to where we're going to make sure that you can participate in this important ordinance mm-hmm. of remembering um, Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. Uh, one thing I'd point out a teaching tip here, teaching help, in the leader pack, uh, pack item 11, is an article about the observance of Passover. It gives you some ideas of how Passover was observed during the time of Jesus. You could make a photocopy of that, distribute it to the group, give you some history about the different festivals and how they related and how they connected to each other. So that'll help you uh, share that information, get the background for why this was an important thing uh, for Jesus and his disciples. We're also, that you could also do this, you could use that handout to lead into discussion of the Bible skill. In the Bible skill, uh, we're encouraged to look at Exodus 24, Leviticus 17. There's three passages in Hebrews, Hebrews 7, 9, and 13. There's individual verses in those three chapters, uh, and also individual verses in Leviticus and Exodus. Uh, And what we're being directed to do, encouraged to do, is look at the importance of blood, uh, the significance of it, what it symbolizes, you think about how how the how it points to the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus, and the need for for our forgiveness, the magnitude of our sin. Uh, but that Bible skill is something that uh, can be used to help folks understand and reflect more deeply on the value of the Lord's Supper. Uh, Drew, do you have any other insights from this passage you'd like to share with us? Um, no, not really. Just would encourage people to, um, take this lesson, this session as an opportunity to kind of reflect on how how do I tend to approach this meal? And do do I go into it prayerfully? Um, 
you know, where's my heart at, my mind at typically when I take this meal? And just those, who knows how God might use just a little bit more reflectiveness um, in our lives to, to, to change us, to make us more like Jesus, if we'll, if we'll celebrate that meal a little more um, thoughtfully. Thank you for that word. From time to time, uh, we mentioned different resources in the Explore the Bible family. Like today, we mentioned the Leader Pack. We've also got adult commentary, quick source, some other things. You can find out more about all the Explore the Bible resources on our website at goexplorethebible.com. That's goexplorethebible.com, no spaces. In fact, you can find out more about the student resources that Drew works on and also about the resources we have for kids. I want to thank you for listening to us this week. We'll be looking for you to join us again next week. We'll be looking at Luke 22. We'll be thinking about Jesus' prayer in the garden.